You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome in to episode 68. Maybe I should call this episode 96 or episode 13, but it's episode 68 of the House of L podcast. I'm Lawrence Holmes, and I'm glad that you are here for this episode. So look, I told you, if you're listening to the podcast, you know I've been with the new show and my other podcast that I do, Loho Daily. I've been trying to get a handle on how often I can do House of L. And so what I had settled on was every other week. That made sense. It allowed me to find time to interview different people and and knock those interviews out. Well, I've been talking about this interview with Alex Brown for the better part of two weeks. And instead of making everyone wait a week, I thought that we would just, I'd just run it. I just run it and let people hear it. And I actually have uh, an interview that I did on Loho Daily that I'm actually going to bring over to House of L because I think that it deserved more pub than it got uh, with Pat McGann. But I'll, I'll get to that in next week's episode. This week's episode is tremendous. As you can see, it's fairly long, but I think that that's okay. Alex came in studio here over Memorial Day weekend. And we just sat and talked for two hours and we talked about a ton of stuff. I really, um, I always liked Alex. Like as as someone who covered that era of Bears teams, he was always a great quote. He would always always help you if you were trying to understand something. He was good at explaining what it is. And he'd also stay on you if you weren't doing the right stuff. Like if you were getting stuff wrong, uh, he'd tell you. And I've always appreciated those types of players. And honestly, those end up being the best player reporter relationships where a player can say, yo man, you are way off base on that. And here's why. And then they explain stuff to you. I think it makes you a better reporter and it gives better information to the audience overall. So having Alex now as one of my partners on our football after show at NBC sports, Chicago, Really valuable. I mean, the guy, he's got the thing, you know, like he's he's got it. He understands how to make stuff plain for people. He has a lot of old school sensibility, but is not afraid to embrace new things. Like him embracing offense with, with Matt Nagy and, 
and what what the the Bears have been doing. So it's been fun seeing him transition because he's one of those players where if you were picking guys from those eras era that era of team, you would go, yeah, Alex is going to be in media because he got the personality. He's like the mayor. You should see it. If we ever take the show out on the road. Again, you have to come out because you have to watch the way that he interacts with people. And I joke with him about that in in this podcast that I think that if he were to run for office someday, I think that he could win because he's got that thing. And that's not an easy thing to duplicate. In this episode, we talk about a lot. We talk about fatherhood. We talk about his early days growing up in Florida and and how he got to the University of Florida. We talked about things that he regrets in the NFL. We talked about his entire football career and a little bit of his broadcasting career too. I think it's great. I hope you enjoy it. Here's me in 96. 96. My man 96. Alex Brown. So is this recorded? Yeah, we're, we're I'm going to record it. Ah, okay. And then I'm okay. going to use it in different places. So like I'm going to Pull some of it and put it on the air. Okay. I'm going to pull some of it and do it when? inside the House of L podcast, which is the podcast. Because I want to, I mean, I know I asked you to talk about your career. I actually yep. want you to talk about no, you sure. being a journalist Okay, now. All right. Like all of that stuff. So it'll be in a bunch of different places. But gotcha. I damn sure I'm going to get your thoughts <laughs> about the list out here to the people as soon as possible. But it's not where I want to start. I know okay. you mad, but it's Funny. not where I want to start. I, I want to start with. Football in general with you. Okay. When did you know that you loved it? Oh, man. I have four brothers, so three older, one younger, and I can't remember when I didn't, honestly. So it was football has been a part of our family and my life for as long as I can remember. Um, When I knew that just watching Super Bowls as a young kid, just watching them come on TV – I wanted to play in that game where you can see every all the flashes going off. And the only way you can play in that game is if you make it to that to that type of a level of play with a team that's good enough to make it there. But there's a lot of things in between that I didn't really know about, and that's getting to college. I mean, that was <laughs> that was a crazy part for me because my parents had my parents uh never went to college. Um, so they didn't know what to tell me how to get there. And then it was the money. So my parents made about thirty grand together a year. Wow. And living in a two-bedroom house, seven people, my mom, dad, five boys. We the thought of me making it out of White Springs, Florida to play in the NFL was laughable to most. And I just figured, why the hell not? Why can't I do it? Um, and I thought that if I grew and I had the chance, my dad would tell us, if, you, if you're good enough, they'll come. It doesn't matter where you play. And I still feel that way. If, if you're good enough, they'll come. Um, my son plays baseball, as you know, and we do all these camps and all this stuff. And I'm like, son, listen, if you do something big enough to attract enough attention that's so mind-blowing, they're going to show up at Vernon Hills High School for you. So you don't have to do all this stuff, even though we're putting you in it. You don't have to do all this stuff. Just continue, just continue balling out. That's it. Be, be so good they can't ignore you. 
You know what I mean? Like that. So, and my dad was always harping on us about that. And um, it was, all right, well, ninth grade, I was 5'10", about 165 pounds. And that was in the ninth grade. Three months later, 10th grade came up, and I was 6'2", 205. So I grew four inches and 40 pounds over the summer. And that's when I thought I had a chance to play at college, to actually get people to say, you know what? This kid is big enough, fast enough that he can do it. So, and now it's just about being consistent and because we didn't have the internet. We didn't have big camps to go to where it was, you had to rely on a buddy knowing a buddy knowing a buddy knowing a buddy that knew the... Knew a coach. That knew a coach, right. And then that, I mean, after you get down that list, that's about six weeks of playing really good football because... Any one of those come, any one of those people in that list come and see you play, and you're not that good. They're gonna stop the conversation there. Nah, he's not that good. I've seen. So you gotta be really, really good every single week, and that was the tough part, I think, um, for me. Where are you in the line of five? I have three older, one younger. Yep. Okay, so I mean that's a lot of mouths to feed, and your brothers play too, right? Yeah. Uh huh. Yep. Uh, everybody play high school. Um, three of us play college, and I was uh, very fortunate to get an opportunity to play in the NFL. Um, my little brother, I thought he was talented enough um, to do it. He's safety, he's 6'2", 200 pounds, ran 4'5". He just didn't get a chance. I mean, I I would tell him, well, hell, man, I don't pay you. Like, I, I can't make the decision to get you on a team or get you to a training camp. I can't do that. So all you can do is just keep working, keep working, keep working, and hopefully the opportunity comes. Um, my brother right above me didn't go to college because he was a middle linebacker at 5'9", about 180 pounds. Now, he was nastier than a moccasin, but, <laughs> shoot, he would he just wasn't big enough, and people just, oh, when I, he can't play that. So he ended up going to the Army, and then my brother above him, not the oldest, but the one just under him, he actually played at University of Maryland. And um, really, really cool story. I went up there in 10th grade, and their coach really wanted me to come at that point. And it was it's Maryland, and they're competing with North Carolina and Florida State. So to get a kid like me up there with his brother, maybe we can get him to come to Maryland. I actually think it backfired on my brother a little bit because he was like, listen, Coach Duffner, my brother's not coming here. He's just not. By the time he's in 12th grade, he'll be able to go anywhere he wants, and he's not going to choose Maryland. But um, what was cool is that I actually met Kevin Plank on that trip. Kevin Plank played football for the University of Maryland. That's right. Walked on. He played the same time my brother played, and he was the guy that was selling roses, selling T-shirts at the club. He was a hustle man. He was a hustle man. Um, And... Lo and behold, Under Armour. I've been dang fiend Under Armour. Right, <laughs> dog, that, that was great. That is crap. Blows my mind every time. Gosh. So, um, so after that, uh, my oldest brother was probably the t- most talented one. Running back, six feet, 215 pounds, could absolutely fly. He was just did stupid stuff. He just made bad decisions um, and got kicked out of school um, in 11th grade. And it was just a list of me making a list of what to do, what what not to do. And I knew I couldn't do some of the stuff he did. So it was just 
I, I think I ended up perfect in line because I could see what my brothers were doing. And the third one, where he didn't have any control over how big he was, well, then once I grew in 10th grade, I knew I was big enough. I knew, like, some of these hurdles in my mind I could kind of get over. All right, they're going to give you a chance. If you're good enough because you're big enough, because you're fast enough, now it's just working and working to get better. Was it always Florida? Like, Mm-mm. was that? It wasn't. Mm-mm. That shocks me. Mm-mm. The way that you talk about I know. Florida, I know. that absolutely shocks me. What's really going to shock you is that Florida wasn't even on the list. What? I wasn't even going to Florida. There's no chance I was going to Florida. Anybody that knew me prior to that knew I was going to Miami. No question about it. I was going to Miami. Um, grew up a big Hurricane fan. Um, they had linebackers galore coming out of there. I played linebacker coming out. And my dad's a huge, still to this day, a huge Miami fan. So the bit, all the wide left and wide rights for Florida State against Florida State, oh, we were tearing up the house, jumping around, uh, watching Florida State lose. But um, a kid, unfortunately, got killed down there um, about a week prior to me going and taking my visit to Miami because I had already taken the one to Auburn. Auburn was the only team that was going to allow me to play quarterback or give me a chance to play quarterback. Uh, North Carolina, I grew up, I am a huge, still to this day, a LT fan. So Lawrence Taylor went to University of North Carolina. So I was, I got to go, I got to go check it out. I actually had to call North Carolina and be like, hey guys, I'm the number one linebacker in the country. Why have I not gotten a letter from you? What I was did, their response? We're sorry. We didn't think you wanted to come like, to North Carolina. Carolina. (laughs) Yeah. So, and then Coach Mack Brown was the coach. And he left a year after that and went to Texas. But, so I'm glad I didn't do that. Although, I would have played with Peppers. um, That would have been fun. That would have been a lot of fun. Julius. I mean, you were were a great player in college, too. But the two of you together. That would have been nuts. That would have been nuts. We'd have beat Florida State. (laughs) We'd have beat Florida State. That's that's for sure. But I did learn a lot of them. So, I get, um, after I can't go to Miami, so my mom's. Once my mom said anything, like, if she said no, that was it. Stop asking. It's a done deal. So let's move on to the next thing. So the next day I call Andre Davis, linebacker, played 10 years in the NFL. We played at rival high schools. He played at Swanee um, Bulldogs, and I played at Hamilton County. A little side note here, prior to my senior year, we hadn't beat him for 18 years. We beat them my senior year. Wow. We ain't beat them since. Wait, what? Since my senior <laughs> year, we have not beaten them. <laughs> it's not that funny, Lars. It's, it's pretty funny. It's <laughs> pretty. Man. Oh, man. Yeah, they they kill us. Every year they just they beat the crap out of us. We just but my senior year, we we got them. And I was that was like the icing on the cake, right? A team that I mean, now is I mean, we're looking at 40 years, we beat them once. Like that's that's insane. That's crazy. That's crazy. So he, I call him, um, and he's like, "So what's going on with uh with Miami?" Man, my man, gonna let me go, bro. You got to take your visit to Florida. He had just went, and Florida had their, they had just won a national title, so they had their their party for the national title during that week. So he had a blast. So he's like, "You got to go." I went. Um, that's why, because I always, we always talked, I've known Andre since fifth grade. Okay. So we always talked about if we played on the same team, how good we could be. 
So I took my visit, and what got me— How far is Gainesville from where you grew up? About 45 minutes. Oh. Yeah, about 45 minutes. Now, that was a huge factor, too, because my little brother, my older brother that went to my went to University of Maryland, we never got to see him play. Because you weren't he was making so those trips. Yeah. yeah, we weren't making the trips. So, I mean, it was too far. But so I wanted my little brother to see me play wherever I went. So that's why I was going to stay somewhere within reasonable driving distance Auburn. from my parents. Auburn, North Carolina. Like, we're talking six hours, something like that. I mean, my mom, they would, uh, my aunt and my grandfather lived in Huntsville, Alabama. So that's about as far as we've ever traveled outside of Florida when we're going somewhere. So that's about. The radius. That, yeah, about the radius. So, um, and then I took my visit. The The key was Adrian Peterson's brother. So the Adrian Peterson that played for the Bears, his brother. So I played Adrian. We played Adrian in 10th grade, their high school. Um, They won state in 4A. This was when we were in 10th grade. They won state in 4A. We were the worst team in 3A. But my Athletic director decides he want to schedule them for homecoming. You're oh. supposed to win your homecoming. That's a terrible oh. idea. Oh, it was bad. It was real bad. Um, they beat us forty nine nothing. How many? How many AP go for? Mm, AP played three plays. After four plays, it was twenty one nothing. I'm not even kidding. Like I'm not even kidding here. He, they beat us up. So it was. Sweep right, touchdown. Interception, touchdown. Sweep right, 30-yard game, push him out of bounds. Pass down the middle, tight end, touchdown. It's 21 nothing after four plays. It's like, what? What is happening right now? It was terrible. Oh, we were bad. But after they went up 21 nothing, my brother, who played middle linebacker at number two, he was number two, I was number three, he comes to me and he's like, listen, I don't care what the score is. You make sure they know who you are when we leave this game. And they knew who number three was when we left. Now, we got the brakes beat off of us. But that number three, fourth quarter, one minute to go, he was still tagging people out there. I was knocking the hell out of people. I'm telling you, man. I did not care. I was mad. I hate losing. But we couldn't do anything about it. So, um, But his brother, AP's brother, Mike Peterson, who played a long time in the NFL, was my host. And unlike Florida State, when I went there, he didn't try to get me to do anything. It was just whatever you want to do, that's what we'll go do. It wasn't about um, – He didn't have an itinerary right. for you. It wasn't about going to parties or doing it. It was like getting to know me and allowing me to get to know them. Now, when I saw Mike Peterson, I had already seen him on TV. I mean, we're 45 minutes away. I've watched them because they've won the SEC at that point – four or five times in a row. They just won a national title. So I've watched them play. Javon Curse is an absolute monster. Johnny Rutledge is the middle linebacker that was so good. So we're – I'm like, wow, like these guys. And they genuinely wanted me to come there. I, six hours I was there. I was so done. I'm, mama, I'm coming here. It's over. I, it's over. I'm done. And I fell in love with the place. Fell in love with it. Isn't it amazing? Like I – I joke about this all the time that DePaul was my last choice. There were eight schools on my list. It was the last choice. And now I can't even imagine oh my what my life would have been like had I not gone there. 
I'm, I'm it's weird, you. right? It's so weird. So everything would be different. You know, everything. My, I met mean, my wife at Florida. We had our son at Florida. Like everything is Florida. Maybe I don't get the same opportunity um, if I went to Miami. I don't know. I get to Florida. It's a perfect situation. I'm playing linebacker behind an amazing athlete in Javon Curse, and he leaves early to go to the NFL, which gives me a, a year to play like quicker than I thought I was going to get that opportunity to play. So it was just – it worked out perfect, man. It really worked out perfect for me. Um, and I think the same um, – if we're headed there, the same worked out when I got to the NFL. It was – I think about it now, and it's so weird. But you were you were pretty pissed about where you got drafted. Oh, oh absolutely. It, to the point where the only thing I ever thought about going through that whole process up to being drafted was, oh, my gosh, I cannot wait to hear my name called on TV. And then when it was called, I was not happy because Mr. Angelo calls me on the phone. This was second day, so they had the first three rounds and then the second day. Listen, that night that night of sleeping, <clears throat> when you thought you were going to be at least a first day, you, I'm going to go first day. Now, I hope I get into that late second round early or late first round early second if I'm lucky, but I'm going to go first day. I mean, it's just going to happen. SEC Defensive Player of the Year, it's going to happen. Didn't happen. That night, oh, I, I didn't sleep a whole lot. I didn't. My wife now, my girlfriend at the time, Carrie, she – Quiet. She didn't mess with me. She didn't leave him alone because I was hot. I was so mad. And then we, I know we joke with you and we do it with love mm-hmm. about the fact that your kicker yeah. from Florida went ahead yep. of you. He did. He did. One so, pick? No. It was, I, th- I actually think it was a couple. Oh, um, Lord. I think it was. <laughs> I think I think it was I think it was two pick. I think he went one oh two, I went one oh four. I think that's what it was. So there was a pick in between. So I get the call before San Francisco makes their pick from Mr. Angelo. And he says if uh if the 49ers don't take you, then we're gonna take you. And I said to him, I re- word for word, I never forget the day. Um I'm sorry. I really, really appreciate it. I really do. But somebody's missing something. I really appreciate you, like y'all picking me if you pick me, but somebody's missing something. I, I don't know what it is because I've done nothing but play my butt off, and I think I can play in the NFL, and I'm watching guys go before me that there's no way they're better than me. I Maybe projected better or something, but that's just I'm looking at production to a guy that has not done it. I want a guy that's done it. Like, I mean, he's shown me that he can do it. So, But once I got here, now understand, like, we play at Florida. We're up 21 nothing. We don't play to run. We get after the quarterback, man. That's what we do. I get here, and it's all about we don't need you to make that tackle. We need you to hold up your tackle so 54 can make the tackle. It's like, wait, what? I, I like making plays too now. And you're, you're a little light. We need you to be a little bigger. This was a whole thing your entire career. Oh gosh! Oh, it was it was tough. It was tough because real talk, fifty four weighed more than you. Yes, fifty four. <laughs> yes, he went every Thursday. We get on a scale, and he's two sixty. My weight is two fifty seven, so I can't go over two fifty seven. Or in the Bears' eyes, I'm overweight. 
So I'm weighing in at 52, 53, something like that. But Erlacher comes in, he's 260, and he's taller than me. So just to get a feel for how crazy athletic he is, he's taller than me. He's bigger than me. He's way faster than me. Like, he, he was a different dude, man. But that's why he got that HOF in front of his name, too. Mm-hmm. So that's, yeah, he, he was unbelievable. What was it like for you when you – had the realization mm-hmm. when you're there at practice and you're like, holy shit, like, mm-hmm. what is that? Mm-hmm. And where did yeah. that come from? So so I knew Erlacher before. So my sophomore year, I was very fortunate to have um, Javon leave early and I get an opportunity to play. And I make All-American my sophomore year. So that was Erlacher's last year. So we go up to um, <laughs> we go up to Walter Camp. And we make I make that team, and I'm actually roomed with Thomas Jones. Actually, roomed with Thomas Jones there, and uh, um, so I'm sitting at a table, a little round table, I'll say, and it's just lacking. It's a lunch. It's a luncheon, but we're sitting at this table, and this guy comes up, Erlacher sitting. Here. I never met him. Never met him. I sat down. Ah, oh, okay. This big white boy sitting here. Okay, <laughs> like who is this guy? Um, so he's just sitting there and. Um, I sit beside him, and we're just kind of talking to people that come up. And this one guy walks up. He's like, like with a like a a sneaky look on his face. Like, hey, if y'all need anything, y'all let me know. I look at Erlacher, and I say, well, you can give me some money. Erlacher immediately jabs me in the side. Boom. You can't take money. I was like, okay, never mind. <laughs> You're like, oh, oh. <laughs> nice to meet you. What's your name? <laughs> Where, what Jeez. planet are you from? <laughs> oh man, like, I t- I've told the story that he said it. That he said that he would take you give me some money, but I actually said it. I actually said it, and um, he told me that. So that's how I met him. And then I seen so at this uh, at Walter Camp, they'll start showing guys highlights, and he comes up, and it's like. 44, I'm like, you return kicks? What? Oh, my God. What did you play? He's like, oh, I play safety and I return kicks and punts. and Yeah, I kind of did it all. <laughs> okay. I, God, that boy fast. I'm like, I can run. I was like, it, it blew. I'd never seen anything like that. I'd never seen anything like that. So I go back. Now, imagine – I'm looking at guys now. I, I watched the draft, and now he goes in the draft. I'm looking at him like, like that guy was crazy, crazy good, and he's big. He played line, he played safety, and he's bigger than me. Yeah, I got to gain weight, man. I got to gain weight. So I gained weight in college to 265, and my junior year isn't as good. Because you were playing too heavy. I was playing too heavy. And I was like, you know what? My senior year, I came back my senior year, and I told um, Jared Payton, who was on that team uh, that we played uh, in the Sugar Bowl my junior year, that University of Miami team, and I've told him that y'all help me because that year I I did not want to end my career at University of Florida on a loss like that. And I came back. I came back my senior year, and I was like, you know, I'm going to do it my way. I know I can play this game and I can hold up against the run and all this stuff they're telling me. I can do that at 250. So I dropped the weight. I'm gone. I'm dropped it. And then I came here and they want me to be 275. It's like, wait a minute. My first two years, Coach Greg Blodge and 
the head coach, Coach Jerron, Alex, any pound, every pound you're under 275, we're going to find you. What? I'm 250. So I got to gain 25 pounds just to meet their – because uh, now look at the defensive ends we had here, Brian Robinson and Phillip Daniels. They're 290, 300 pounds, easy. So, I, I mean, you only had 18 sacks a year before I got here. You really want me to gain this weight? Or do you want me to be the guy to come in and rush the quarterback? What are you walking around at now? I'm 255. So you're still, like, at your playing weight. Yeah, but it's, it's a little different. Now. It's a little different. Obviously. <laughs> it's a little but, different. But yeah. I, would, I would, even looking at you, I would say that you look smaller. Yes. I would say that you look like a guy who's 240 yes. instead of 255. Mm-hmm. I guess I could see what they're thinking. They're, you look at your frame and you go, oh, he can carry he can it. Yep. 20 more pounds. Easy. But it's, it, it bothered me. If I'm, if I'm over 260, it bothered me to run to probably more mental than anything because I had did it my junior year in college and that it just didn't work for me. So I didn't think I could. I, I really didn't think I could play at that weight, and I just wasn't quick enough. And in the NFL, I mean, everything is a game of inches, right? So you could miss a sack by a half an inch, quarterback throws the ball, and in your mind you're telling yourself, well, if I wasn't, if I was 10 pounds lighter, I could have got that play. Or I was 5 pounds lighter, I would have made that play. So you want to be – where not not just where you feel comfortable physically, but where you're comfortable at mentally, so you believe that you can do it. Because once you get to the NFL, everybody's good. Now it's about who's confident, who believes they can do it. Who Eddie Jackson, Eddie Jackson sees it and he believes it and he goes for it. So now every now and then we'll see him. God, why did he go do that? Why did he try to make that play? Now the guy's running up the sideline. Now we got to run him down. But that's him. Nathan Basher was the same way. I think Peanut was a little different. Peanut, Peanut was the technician that found a way to disrupt the play without then uh, losing the integrity of his, um, of his actual position. So And that's where punching the ball out came for him, I think is that you can catch it, but you ain't going to hold on to it because I'm going to punch it out. So to play in that cover, too, you almost gave away that that slant unless that linebacker got in the way. If that linebacker don't get in the way, then it's just pitch and catch. But for Peanut, he found another way outside of without giving up the integrity of his position in the defense instead of jumping that route and allowing that guy to get outside because in a cover, too, the receiver getting outside the corner is the worst thing to happen. So he can't get outside the cor- outside the cornerback. So he found a way to do it within the system. So And it worked. Nathan Vasher, on the other hand, he's going to take that chance. He's going to take it. And the plays that happen in, um, let's say, uh, let's take the Cincinnati game in, I want to say it was 05, where he got beat by a double move with um, – with Ocho Cinco, he got beat by a double move. And as a defensive line, we go to him and say, you know what, that's our fault. We didn't get there Because fast we enough. should get there quicker. If he can make two moves on you, we should get we should get home. So um, we want him to play how he plays. We don't want you to change how you play because that's not you. I want you to do what you do so you can be at your best. When you guys' as teammates realized that Charles was doing this thing and it wasn't a fluke, mm-hmm. What was it like, like to watch a practice and know, oh, he's gonna, he's gonna, he's about to do the thing where he knocks the ball out of someone's hands? Um, I personally, I hated it. Why? 
because when you're trying to punch the ball out, you're giving up another two, three yards, and we're we're trying to defend every blade of grass here. Now, until he perfected it, which I think was later in his career. Now, he had a couple where um, that 05, 06, you'll see him knock it out. I mean, even a Super Bowl, I think he knocked it out of um, – he was drafted with us, a tight end um, oh, my Fletcher. God. Yeah. Fletcher, he knocked it out of his hands, so he punched the ball out. So he did it early on in his career, but he perfected it maybe 2010 on. Like, he perfected it, and it you just you couldn't hold a ball around him. He's going to knock it out. He just so early on, it's he's trying to punch, trying to punch, and had he just made the tackle, you'd have saved us four yards, you know. Because if you don't get it out, he's just gaining more yards. So I want you to tackle him, but then when he perfected, it's like okay, yeah, yeah, you keep doing that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, he's amazing, amazing. That defense that that you guys had that that was building up in '05 that that got you guys to a Super Bowl a couple years later. Mm When did you guys know you were good? Oh, man. Um, I'm going to go with the Carolina game. I think it was a big boost for for our defensive line. I think we had eight, not maybe even ten. We, we had a bunch of sacks in that game. Um, I think it went a long way. And then going down to Tampa, and it was all – it was defense. So Coach Smith, just he he kind of worded it all week was, it's going to be our defense against their defense. If we don't get – can we not give up enough points or can we make enough plays to put our offense in position to get points? So we have a – had a sack on the, on the goal line. Had a sack on the goal line. I think Tommy Harris, I think, or Tank recovered it. Two plays later, I think we threw a touchdown to – to um, tight end, big dude, Gilly. Yeah, Gilmore. John Gilmore. Yep, Gilmore. So we threw a touchdown to Gilmore. So for us, like that's we wanted to create opportunities for our offense, and that's kind of the defense they play. So once we outplayed them, then it was like, like we might have something. Like we, we are pretty good. I think we thought we were pretty good, but being, you look back at that team. Listen, we didn't win the Super Bowl. But you just put the numbers up and you look at them. You, I, I don't see how there's any team that's ever been a defense in the Bears' history to be closer to the 85 team. I think we were right there. We won the Super Bowl. I think I actually think people think or talk about us as being on that level, if not better, because we were really doggone good. You get really mad. Like I do. You have. Like when we've been mm-hmm. on the set and people have talked about the, the Bears' defense last year, Oh, and gosh. immediately going to 85 without <laughs> yeah. stopping right. to talk about you guys' defense, mm. it, it upsets you. Why? Because, I mean, you look at – just look at the numbers. Look at what look at what we were able to do. And um, I, I want to say – I mean, I could be a little off here, but I think the defense this year gave up 290 points, um, something like that. And our defense in 05 gave up 202. That's almost, that's, that's almost 100 points. Difference, and in the last game of the season, Lovey takes everybody out. Minnesota scores thirty four or something like that. So we would have broken the eighty five record. So we were on that level, closer than the team that's playing now. Now, what I would like is for people just to allow defenses to be good without comparing them. Don't compare them because it's one is different errors, and let's see how this team plays out. We have guys on our defense that. 
Tommy Harris was the. I, I mean, he was. He's a, the, I thought, thought he was the best three technique for those three years me in the too. game. He, he's a Hall of Fame talent. If he doesn't get hurt, I think he's going to Hall. He was that good, that talented, and he wanted it. So um, Lance Briggs is going to end up in the Hall of Fame. Erlacher's in the Hall of Fame. Peanut could very well end up in the Hall of Fame. I haven't mentioned Adewale Agunlier. I've not mentioned Mike Brown, like Nathan Vasher. We had some really, really, really good players on that team. So to compare a team like today because they're good, like they're good, but that's our first year. Heck, we played together for for a good little bit before we turned that that corner, and we were dominant for about an eight game stretch. I think we gave up like six points a game. It was nuts. We did not worry about teams scoring ten points. Yeah, I got to score ten points. Get out of here. <laughs> I mean, if you can, if you run a kickoff back, okay, yeah, all right, you might then. But that's it. Like we we really didn't worry about teams scoring that much because um, they couldn't. If if a team scored twice on us, we'd lose because our offense wasn't very good. They weren't. I mean, I just look at it. Now, the 06 year, very good. our offense was very good. Very Doesn't good. get enough credit for how they good do, it was. They, I don't think they get any. Truly, I think it's all, I think people, what people think is it's just special teams with Hester, who was absolutely special, and I think he, I think he, I think he should go to the Hall of Fame too, but I think it's special teams and defense gets all the credit. Whereas if you look back at those teams, our 05 defense, had we been our 05 defense in 06, we win the Super Bowl. We weren't good enough um, on defense. Although we were good, we weren't as good as, as we were in 05. No, we win the Super Bowl if we, if we were. It was a different mentality, I think, because now we have an offense that can score 24 points. I think they average, I think they actually average about 27. So, I mean, you got an offense that can score that. Maybe you let your you, you you pull back just a little bit. You kind of let your guard down just a tad. Whereas in 05, I don't know if our offense scores 16 points a game, and you know you got to be on it every single play. So, I mean, it, it does it. It still bothers me because I think we should. We were a Super Bowl caliber team. We should have won it. We should have that World Championship ring, but we don't. You know, we don't, and I, I do pull for this team. I don't let's not uh, make a mistake of thinking I'm not I'm I'm not rooting for this team. I really am. I want them to win so bad, so bad. I just don't want. I just don't want the comparison. Just allow them to be them. Allow them to be them. They're playing a they're playing a totally different defense. Their offense is super creative, and they're very very effective. Um, they're young. They're new. Like. Allow them to just be this year's. Don't compare. I hate it hearing about 85. All right? Um, uh, Eddie Jackson is not from here. Eddie Jackson, I promise you. I promise you. Yeah, he might be able to name four people on that 85 team. Think about it. Like, Khalil Max from Florida. Like, come on, man. We don't know nothing about the 85. Like, when I got here, I knew the 85 team because I played Tecmo Bowl. That's why I knew him. Now, everybody knows sweetness. Now, everybody knows sweetness. But as far as the 85 team and what they did, no, I, we didn't watch them. Man. My TV, we didn't get that channel. No, <laughs> <So>. yeah. <laughs> Y'all weren't getting them games back no, then. We didn't get them channels. So that's like allowed them to be them and to grow on you as they are. As a, Mitchell Trubisky, grow on people. Allow um, Tariq Cohen, allow Allen Robinson, allow all these guys, uh, Hicks, oh, my – Let's appreciate what Hicks is doing. He is an animal out there. 
And I love that he has that grit about him that when people act like this defense just got good <laughs> because Khalil Mack got here, Khalil's a special player. Khalil's going to go to the Hall of Fame if he continues the way he's playing. He's going to go. He's that type of talent. But you add that guy to a top 10 defense and you get the number one defense in the league. You don't just get the number one defense because you added him. No, 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 no. You don't just get that. That defense was dominant or really good, I should say. They were really good before he got here. Now that they're here, they can take that next level because he's here as being a dominant defense because people can't just focus on Hicks. They have to do something different because now they can focus on Khalil Mack all they want. Hell, he'll beat two or three people. And now you got Eddie J in the back. Whew. You got them Them linebackers are good. They're real the middle, good. The middle linebacker. The middle linebacker. Ro- <laughs> Roquan last year, <laughs> I mean, had it not been for how great the Bears' offense was and the Bears bringing in Mac, yeah. we would have been talking about yes. the, the, the season that Roquan Smith had. Mm-hmm. It was incredible. Like, to be a guy that had no camp. Yep. To come in and and challenge the the rookie tackling yes. record, mm-hmm. incredible. He's he he is a he is a really really good player. I'm I'm excited to see how much of a step forward he takes this year because I think we need him because I'm not sure. Um, I, I think Danny's the guy. He's like the leader in that defensive room, but I don't see Danny being here past this year. So somebody else is gonna have to take that role, and I think that has to be him. I think that's going to have to be him doing that. And I want to see how much of a step forward he takes um, this coming season because if he does and we can get something out of 94. I think he's, uh, I think it's, he, we can call him Leonard. He gets to be Leonard because he finished the season strong. I know we were calling him Leonard. Yes, we were. (laughs) Yes, we were. We were calling him Leonard. Yeah, okay, Leonard. He's Leonard. He's Leonard. He did finish strong. And he, he actually, he actually made he got a Pro Bowl alternate um, that he actually got that. So um, kudos to him. But I need him to play. I need him to take a couple steps forward. I need him to be that guy. Okay, the key. If Leonard Floyd has ten has a ten sack season, barring any injury, we don't like we're fairly healthy. We'll be in the NFC Championship game. Because we'll be that down. I think we're I think we're creative enough on offense, um, but we need that help. Because Khalil Mack, people are they're trying to find a way to stop him now. They're trying to find a way to stop Hicks now. We need one more person, one more on that D line to show up, and then they're completely confused. Now they're not going to be able to stop any one of them. And let's not forget about my guy in the middle, Eddie G. Eddie Goldman. Eddie is Eddie is a a rock in the middle. He and he is that guy that you don't call his name much because he does his job, right? He does his job. He holds up the two that he needs to. He allows Hicks to get the one-on-one. He allows Khalil Mack. He allows um Leonard Floyd to get those one-on-ones and they're rolling or the linebackers to come downhill and not get blocked because he's going to show up once that guy comes off the double team. So when you don't get your name called when you're playing that position, that means you're doing your job right. So he's doing a really good job, and I'm hoping that the NFL sees that and he starts to get some of that talk about making it to a Pro Bowl because I think he was really, really good too this past year. Really good. You've been spending a little bit of time with with Nagy. What do you think of him? Um, I think he's good. 
I think he's good. I, I think he's really good. I think he's a uh, um he understands. He's like I'm, I'm gonna say he's like lack in a in the sense of he understands how to, how people are and how to talk to people, how what to say, um how to be. Um I think he is a very very good motivator. He knows what to say, when to say it. Um he's super creative which for apparently for the younger guys, they, they want that creativity on offense, and it keeps it um, fun. For me, football was fun. I don't need any – hell, we ran five defenses. Shit, if, if it was about that, then, I mean, let's make it fun. We're going to make it fun because we're going to dominate. That's what we're going to do. But, like, the creativity that he brings, I think he keeps it fun for the younger guys on uh, on offense, and it actually keeps the, the defense on their toes, and they don't know what's going to happen. Now, with that being said – I am watching him very close this year because he's not going to surprise anybody. This team is not going to surprise anybody this year as far as if they're good or not. No, everybody thinks they're good now. So this is um, – I was talking to one of um, – uh, to one of the guys over there at Bears Fit. I was talking to him yesterday, and this is an expectation year. We haven't had one of those in a long time. Where you're coming into the season and they expect you to be good. Last year we were good, but nobody expected us to be good. If we win ten games this year with the schedule we have, we're a better team than we were last year. We're a better team. We ain't sneaking up on anybody, and the schedule is hard. It is hard. So win ten games, and we'll be a better team, and we'll we'll make it further um, than we did last year. Winning that first game, you gotta win that first game. I think we'll do that if we can. Uh, if we can win ten. But we got to win 10. Now, that's barring injury. That's a lot of different variables. Guys taking a step forward. How is uh, Tariq Cohen? Tariq told me he's ready. Tariq told me he's ready. He's ready for, the, for the, um, the challenge or the opportunity that he has in front of him to be that guy. Now, let's see if he can do it. If he can, that's going to bring a different – that'll bring a different um, aspect to this offense that we didn't have last year in the sense of – we can run the ball when Tariq's in the game. We can throw the ball when Tariq's in the game. Last year it was different. Last year we knew when thighs came in the game, there wasn't it, it was not <laughs> going to be a pass. Yeah. <laughs> you was, knew you knew right away what the formation yes, told you what the play was going absolutely. to be. The personnel told you what, what it was going to be. Absolutely. I I actually glad you brought up Tariq because it kind of marries your two careers. Your career as a player and now your career mm-hmm. as an analyst. Yep. I remember the show where you got on him. You got on him pretty good oh, about mm-hmm. not being in the in the film room, not being in his playbook. Mm-hmm. The way that he took that showed me a ton about his character. Yep. That he was like, okay, challenge accepted. Mm-hmm. I'll get in there. And then the next week he came on and he thanked you mm-hmm. for the criticism. I, I wonder, because I know that we talked about it on the show, but how does that make you feel that you gave an honest critique based on all the things that you know about mm-hmm. football the player took it and didn't go Alex Brown is a hater mm-hmm. he took it as I can learn something from him let me do that and let me show him mm-hmm. that, that I'm as good as he thinks I am yep when you saw that play out what was your reaction to it I was very um satisfied or happy for Tariq honestly I was happy for him but if you went back and you know who he was coached by and Rod Broadway in college, well, Rod Broadway was my defensive line coach at Florida. Okay. So 
Rod don't pull no punches. None. Zero. If he hurts your feelings, he hurts your feelings. He's not worried about that. So I didn't think it would hurt his feelings. I actually was hoping that he actually just heard me. That's it. That he heard it because you didn't you don't have anything else. There is no school. There is no homework. Your homework is football. There is nowhere to go. You don't you can eat at Hallis Hall. They have a cafeteria that they will make you food. You don't have to go home. You can stay there. Six o'clock, we're gone. Why? Why do you have to go? You don't have to go. You're choosing to leave. And if you're struggling in any form or any fashion, stay behind there. Watch more film. The coaches are still there. Trust me. Ask one of them. They will come in and help you with whatever you need help with because their job is on the line too. So they need you to be successful so the team can be successful. So I thought that he would take it in a good way. I just hope that he heard me, that he actually, like, heard the show. So that's what I was hoping, that he actually heard it. I I didn't think, and if he did take it the wrong way, so what? I'm telling the truth. Just take a second, remove yourself, and look at it. And you tell me if I'm telling the truth. But he did, though. He did. No, he did. He and not everyone did. does. No, not everybody does. And I'm, I played the game. I don't think I tell people now. Oh, Alex, you look like you still could play. Oh, no, 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 no. Them boys will tear me up. <laughs> no, I have, I have so much respect, so much respect for the game. I know I can't play the game anymore. I respect the guys that can play the game. I love that they're playing the game that they've dreamed about playing for a long time. Now, if there's something, any nugget I can give them about this game, I'm going to give it. Now, whether they want to take it or not, that's fine. Now, you can take it one way, and then six months later, you see it play out, and you're like, damn, I should have listened. Well, yeah, you should have listened. Because, like we tell, well, I tell my son, he's 17. Listen, I've been 17 before. You've never been 39. You know what I mean? Like that. I, Tariq's in his, well, at the time, Tariq was in his, what, second year, first year? Son, I've done that. I've been where you're at. I've been to the point where I'm calling my wife at training camp, at the first training camp, bawling my eyes out because I'm like, babe, I, I might need to find another job. Because the one guy on the offensive line that everybody wants to go against because they know they can get a win, he's whooping my ass. Like I can't, I can't do anything. I can't, I can't do anything at practice. I've been there, where you feel like you are the worst player there. Now you gotta dig yourself out, and I had to. So if I've been there and I'm trying to help you do that, just take a second and listen to what I'm saying, and don't worry about people talking about I'm hating because that's where they get it from. As a player, you've you've been through constructive criticism all your life. It's the people around you that start to say, oh, he's just hating on y'all, man. He wish he wish he was playing. He wish. No, I don't. Listen, I'm done. I don't wish I was playing. I see y'all hit people. I see these boys hit, and I'm going, <laughs> ugh, like, oh, that hurt. Like, I don't want to do that. My fire that you need, you have to have to play this game, oh, my fire is out. It's gone. It's done. As far as playing football, I don't, I don't want to do that. I, I can't do it. Don't want to do it. Now, if I can help kids – I want to do it because that's what I that's what I that's what I enjoy seeing Tariq turn that corner. Now there's another corner that's coming up, which is here. Here's the keys to the beamer. Don't wreck it. You know what I mean? Like that. Like, don't wreck it. Let's go. 
Let's see if you can drive. Let's see if you can drive this Beamer because that's what you got. You got you got a Lambo over here in this offense, and you could be the Kareem Hunt. Sorry, um, the Kareem Hunt of this um offense, who is a very a super productive player in this offense. You can be that guy catching the ball out of the backfield, running between the tackles. You can be that guy. You believe you're that guy. So now let's go ahead and show everybody that you are that guy. Because I think he can do it. I think he can. I, I saw him take some shots last year that kind of scared me a little bit, but he jumped up from it. All right. Now I don't think he can take it for long. But for this season, I think he can be that guy. I think he can be the – Darren And I'm going to throw it out there. I'm going to throw it out there. I think he can be a 1,800 – all-purpose back. I think he could be that guy. Like, running for 1,100 yards, catching out back for about 680, something like that. I think he can do that. I really do. I think he can be that guy. But he got to be in shape. He can't get hurt. Those are the two things. You got to be available every week, and you got to come ready to ball because that position is critical Look at what we did in the offseason. That tells you that that position is critical. We went and got Mike Davis out of uh, Seattle, so we tried to address the running back position then. We moved up in the draft. Well, we don't have any picks. We moved up to get a kid in Montgomery because that position is vital in this offense. You got to have it, and you need that one guy that can do it all so you're not predictable. So Therese going to get the first shot. He'll get the first shot. The rookie will get his shot, but Therese going to get the first, and if he can show that he can do it, then Montgomery's just going to have to wait. So I'm pulling for him. I, I like the kid. I, re- I really like Tariq. Um, I, think he's a, I think he's a good dude. I think, he's, I think he loves football. And he I don't does. think we have a lot of – we'll have a lot of guys, not, not we as in the Chicago Bears, but in the NFL, I think there's a lot of guys that play football because they're good at it, not necessarily because they love – loving football to me is when the grass is cut, it reminds you of training camp, like that type of love for football. There's no – y'all want to go play pickup? Yep. You're the first one there. Like, love football. Just a football addict. You know, I don't need to go anywhere. I'm good. I love football. Ain't nothing wrong with basketball. I watch it. But I want to play football. Like, I, I like hitting people. I like making people miss. I like doing this stuff and just the game, the grind, the being in the locker room with the boys. Like, that stuff, I love it. And that's football for me. And I think Tariq is one of those guys. You're good at broadcasting, Alex. I think I'm great, but okay. Okay, we'll go with good. all right. Well, I, I would, I can even, I would even say great. I, I would, I, I think that you have taken to it better no, than kidding, most I'm people. Kidding. And and I will say that, like, even of the people, like when we were covering the team, we would be like, oh, that guy could do that if he wanted to. Mm-hmm. Like, I look at Mike Brown, I can go, if Mike Brown wanted to be a broadcaster, he could do it. Mm-hmm. If he wanted to be a coach, he could do it. Like, yep. you see certain mm-hmm. guys, you go, oh, they have the thing. Yep, you have the thing. And I noticed that I, – I joke with you all the time about this. Alex, if you wanted to run for office, man, I tr- I'm, I'm dead serious. I, I truly think that you could you could win. And I saw it play out when we were – was that the Rams game that we were out? No, no, the Minnesota. The oh, first time yeah. they flexed to the Minnesota game and we were out and about. So we're out there. And, look, we're an interesting group <laughs> between <laughs> me, you, Matt, and Lance. Yes. We're an interesting group. And – Lance is kind of like, I just want to get here. I want to do the thing, and then let's get back to the studio and do the thing. And Matt's kind of similar. You took to it. You were out there shaking hands and kissing babies 
And <laughs> and I looked up. I was, we were getting ready to do a segment, and they were like, "Where's Alex?" And I'm like, "I'm like, where did he go?" And you're like in a tent with people yes. from some Florida people, <laughs> and and I was like, "Man, this guy, if he wanted to." And I even saw when we were walking in the hallway here, you have that thing, man, like you like people and they tend to gravitate towards you. Mm-hmm. How does that even develop? I, oh, I've man. embarrassed the shit out of you and I love it. <laughs> I love it. Well, I appreciate it. I, I really I appreciate that. Um, I think. Uh, oh, man, I said earlier that I'm a huge uh, Lawrence Taylor fan. Okay, and I'm not sure if any everybody knows the story, but uh, when I got finished with there's this there's this team or this uh this um the best 24 players or the top 24 players in Florida will get selected and they'll play the top 24 players in Georgia, and we knew about this game from like seventh eighth grade, and that's the game you want to play in. If you're anybody and you want to play, then you have to make that game. You can't say you're one of the guys, uh, one of the big-time players in Florida, if you don't make that team. So I make the team. Um, We go down to uh, Universal. Um, We go down to Universal, everybody. So all 48 um, players go down there. And Gerard Warren, who was the third pick in the draft back in 01, he runs out. He's in high school at the time, so he runs out. He's like, AB, AB, because he knew he knew me from 10th grade, so we kind of went through that whole process. And um, he went to Florida, and we ended up being roommates there. So he he's running through people, and I see him come. He's a big dude. Now, Gerard's 6'4", 315, 320, um, and he's running through people. Like, hey, AB, 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 AB. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. What's up, man? What's going on? Bruh, you're not going to believe this. I just saw LT. Man, stop playing. Man, don't play with me. Like, because he knew, like, I love LT. Like, say, no, 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 for real, for real. I saw, I, I saw, I saw, I saw the lightning bolt on his ear. I saw every, bruh, I'm telling it's him. <sighs> All right, let's go. So we took off running. We're going. We're going. We're going to find him. So I see LT, and I just, I, I stop like a deer in hell. I just pause and say, oh, my gosh, that's LT. Oh, man. So he got his kids. He got two kids. I don't know if they're his kids, but there's two kids in his hand, and he's just kind of walking with them, and I assume they're his. But um, uh, so I said, Mr. LT, I, I just want to shake your hand. I just want to shake your hand. I'm a huge fan. Not right now. I'm with my kids. Okay, that didn't go like I wanted it to. Like, hmm. Nah, man, I got to try this again. I'm, I might never see him again. I have to. Oh, gosh, I'm, I got to do it. I'm I'm sorry, man. I, Mr. LT, I just want, God damn it, then I tell us with my kids. Oh, my God. Like, that moment right there changed the rest of my life. Changed the rest of my life because if I ever became the player or the person that I thought I could become, I would never, ever do that. Ever, ever do that because 
I've been watching this guy for as long as I can remember. I wanted to be just like this guy in my one 15 or like maybe 20 seconds with him completely broke my heart. Like broke my heart. I'm, crying. I'm 17 years old, standing in the middle of Universal, crying with Gerard, 6'4", 320, big old hands <laughs> around me, talking about, dog, it's going to be all right. You're going to be better than him anyway. And I kind of look at him like, <laughs> I'm going to be better than LT. But I was like, yeah, man, you're right. And then we kind of walked away. But I never forgot that. So fast forward to today. Note that I'm from White Springs, Florida. If you Google White Springs, there's 800 people, maybe 802 now. <laughs> like, there's 800 people in the town. And, man, you don't I, – I don't, I don't have to be here. Like – Things could have went so different for me. And you had the examples. Yes, and I had the examples, but things could have easily just went off track. I enjoy every day, every single day. I enjoy it. I wake up. I'm happy. I, I try to be happy. Now, my wife will probably tell you different, but <laughs> I wake up. I try to be happy. Um, I try to enjoy our kids, um, our life, like everything about it. And the fact that I wasn't, when we were talking about all the great players that we've had on our team, I named eight players and I didn't get to me, you know? We were really, really good. And it blows my mind that people even know me still because I wasn't even close to the best player on the team, on the defense, let alone the team. So it, it blows my mind that I walk down the street and people know who I am. It, it, it really does. So I, one day it'll stop. One day. One day it'll stop. But until that day, I'm going to enjoy every second and I'm going to give people – their time because I've had so many kids come back to me. Now they're 20, they're 21, 22. Mr. Brown, Mr. Brown, you might not remember this, but gosh, when I was 10 years old and we came to your house and you scared us at Halloween, like I do that every, every year, I'm scaring kids at my house. They remember that. They remember the moment that you met them in Oswego. And it's like, man, I, yeah, that was that was awesome. I remember the golf tournament, and I'm very honest now. If people ask me, hey, you remember this? If I don't remember it, I'm going to say no, so don't be offended. I'm No, nah, I don't remember it, but tell me about it. So maybe I, maybe I might I might remember if you, like, tell me a little bit about it. But um, so I try, I try my best to, and this is a bad way to put it, but to give those 15 seconds or those 20 seconds or whatever that time is. My wife is the sweetest person ever. Because she understands that. She's understood it since I was in college. When I would stay after a game and sign autographs and take pictures or whatever it is. And now we'll be walking into a restaurant and I'll be doggone. We, we went to a restaurant last week. She, we're walking in together. They walk in. My wife has sat down. They have the appetizers at the table. And I still haven't came into the building. Because I was stopped at the door by two people, a husband and a wife, and they call their son. He's three minutes away. He is an Alex Brown fan. And all he wanted to do ever was take a picture with me. He's 19 years old, and he wanted to take a picture with Alex Brown. Okay, I'll wait on him. And it just, I don't I mean, that, they'll remember that forever. They will. They'll remember that forever. And for me, I like to think that I'm just... 
normal. I just think I'm a guy, man. I, I think I get more credit for being nice because other guys are, or some guys are just mean or not approachable, or I don't really get that. I don't understand why you believe you, um, you're you not approachable, like people can't come up and talk to you, or why um, people feel like they're nervous to come talk to you. They they shouldn't be. People shouldn't be nervous to come talk to me. Now, with that being said, if I met Tiger Woods, I would be nervous. Really? Oh, gosh, yes. Oh, yeah. I love Tiger Woods. I Can he help Tiger. you with that swing? Or? No, I can help him with the swing. <laughs> I would like I would like that. You know what? If you could do – can you hook your boy up? I, I can't. <laughs> I will, for being honest. I will say, though, that I was really surprised because, you know, I've, I've been doing this for a long time, and I was working in Channel 9 as an intern and a field producer. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm I'm the the young kid that has the microphone at the secondary or tertiary story that they're covering. So there's no like real reporter there. There's no real <laughs> sports anchor. There's just me. And Tiger was playing at Medina. Mm-hmm. And Tiger and I are the same age. Mm-hmm. And I remember asking him a question and I was shocked that he answered it. Like, that's the power of what Tiger Woods was back in, you know, 98, 99, yeah. where I was like, oh, he's actually, like, I stood up, you know, Lawrence Holmes, mm-hmm. WGN. I asked the question. He looked me dead in my eye and answered the question. I said, oh, that was kind of crazy. Did you ask him another one? No, no, no. no I got my one question. <laughs> I got my one question. I got what I needed. For the story, and I was like, okay, now sit down because me and Tiger are the only two black people. <laughs> <laughs> no question. No we're we're question. the only two black people in the tent. The 99? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's it. yeah. So, so, so I get it. Like, he's one of those people where it's like, huh, that's, there's a star, and then there's, there, there's Tiger and Mike. Right. And those guys. Like, Ali, you know, Ali, like, yeah, like, you got, that's a different. That's a. I don't even know what that is. That's way, way up there. That's something different. Um, and Walter Payton. Mm-hmm. Like there, there are a few guys that, that, like, there's no question about it that they're in that air. And there, they about a handful of them now. Hey? There's not a handful. I, I sat down and um, uh, my son played with uh, little Scotty, Scotty Junior, and he's actually going to Vanderbilt to play basketball. So congrats to him. Um, but when they were playing as kids, they played three or four years basketball together, my son and uh, Scotty's son. And I'm sitting out in the basement just kind of hanging out with Scotty, and it's like, man, like he got a jersey on the wall, and it's his Olympic jersey. And I'm like, hmm. And he's like, what? what, what what's going on? I'm like, nothing, man, nothing, nothing, nothing. We're we having, a, having a drink, having a beverage, grown-up beverage, and – I was like, man, I, I I was just thinking, like, I'm I'm sitting in Scotty basement, or Scotty Pippen's basement. And he was like, oh man, shut up, man, come on, like, he, like it was just, it hit me, like it was, whoa, <laughs> whoa, like I remember this guy, like winning championships and like stuff like that for the Bulls, and man, that that's crazy, like so, but on site. That, that that's not on site. That hit me later. On site, Michael Jordan. Yeah, I won't be able to shake his hand. I, I wouldn't. Tiger Woods wouldn't be able to shake his hand. I'd just be like kind of standing there, like, mm. 
Now, because like, I think people have to understand that I am a huge, huge sports fan. And prior to me being an NFL player, I was that huge sports fan. So I'm still that guy. Now, I met A-Rod the other day. Yeah, and he talked with Tony. And he talked with Tony. And I really didn't have a whole lot to say. And that's me now. That's coming from your boy. Now, I always have something to say. Facts. And I, and I did not have much to say. It was, holy crap. Like, you can say what you want about A-Rod, man. You look at them stats, boy, that boy is something different. He is different. He was amazing. And then you look and you're like, man, he played with he played with Ken Griffin Jr. Like, geez. Like, and he's the only guy in MLB history to sign not one, but two $250 million deals. Guaranteed. Yes. And then he's married to J-Lo. Well, I was wondering because of the, the Puerto Rico connection if – if Kerry got to meet J-Lo. J-Lo wasn't in town. So he was here to do the, um, the, base, the, Cubs, the, the, game. the Cubs game. Yeah, so um, I hope that we do get that opportunity. I know she is coming here to perform um, uh, later in the year. Um, so I know she's coming, and hopefully we get that opportunity uh, to actually meet her. I, she She's reaching that, that pause moment for me that I might not be able to move because she is – I mean, she – we we know Mike. Mike is short for uh, or MJ like MJ. She's J Lo. Like nobody like J Lo. <laughs> what? Like come on, you you didn't take the abbreviation of your your first two names. You put J and L O, and it's become like goodness great. Like she is different. She is, I she's amazing. She's amazing. She's like um, Beyonce and let's say Oprah like that. Madonna I, like Madonna like that. So like. She's she's there for me. For me, she's she's like in that category. So, all right, look, you've been quite um, <laughs> generous with your time <laughs> for sure. Um, and I I, I want to give you your opportunity. Oh, you didn't think I? I'm your boy. Oh, I'm yes, your boy. Yes, you you know I wasn't yes, gonna just are. just walk you out of here without yes. letting you say your piece. I do need to say it. I do need to say it. So yes. the Bears 100 list came out. Oh yeah. They're, oh, I was oh. looking for you on it. Me too. Because last I checked, you're fourth in sacks in team history. Yes. Which is one of the things that people, you know, people hit me up now on Twitter mm-hmm. for stuff that you guys say. <laughs> and I go, I'm just, I'm I'm Ernie. Like, if if, if we're the, the NBA on TNT, yeah. uh-huh. I'm Ernie. Yeah. And people are like, well, what does Alex know? And I'm like, Alex is fourth all time in Bears history in sacks. So, shh. Uh, shh. I mean, it's. So so all right so you see that the list is coming out in celebration mm-hmm. of the the 100 years of Bears football. Mm-hmm. When was the point when you were like I'm not on the list? <laughs> <laughs> you know what a few days ago man I didn't um I'm glad you can find humor because I was not humor. I, I was not humored at all. You were not I was, when we were I texting I could tell how mad you yeah, were. Yeah, I was mad man. I because it's I think it goes directly towards respect for what a person has done in the game. I can't change anything I've done. It's in there. It's there. So just look it up. Actually do some research before you come up with a 100. <laughs> Actually do that, and then you won't go. And, and so so to answer your question, I was – I thought because the last time they did it, I was like 49. So I thought if I – if they got past 50, 
Because I'm going to assume like a couple guys came in there and they were pretty good. All right. They might have bumped me down a little bit. So, but once they hit that 50 mark, I'm like, my son keeps asking me like, dad, what you think? What you think? Oh, you didn't come out in that group right there. So I'm like, you seem to be getting excited. I'm starting to think like I'm not in it. So, because at some point I've never been blinded to how good of a football player I was. I don't think I'm on that level. I know, in fact, I'm not on that level of Lance Briggs, um, Erlacher, Peanut. Um, Mike Brown is Mike Brown is up there. Um, talent-wise, Tommy Harris, he's gosh, he's disgusting. Just crazy, crazy talent. Um, so once you start to see those guys, then you know you you ain't gonna make it. I think Peanut was 31. Yeah, it's a done deal. Yeah, it's over. It's over. Um, once Briggs hit, nah, it's over. Yeah, you ain't, you ain't going to make that. Um, but then you start, and then you go back and you look at it, and I want to know why. Like, what what happened? All right? So did I make somebody mad? Because I started looking at the top um, the top list for sacks and just going 1 through 12. Um, and correct me, I'm pretty sure you guys will correct me if, <laughs> if I'm wrong here. But 1, 2, and 3 made it, which rightfully so they have to. 5. Um, Trace Armstrong, who's tied with Agunlier, makes it. Agunlier doesn't make it. Then six, seven, eight, nine, or six, seven, eight, ten, and twelve, I think make it. What the hell happened to four? What ha- did you just skip over four? And that—that's just sex, though. That's just sex. I—I went back and I did a little research, and I'm like, okay, well. What about forced fumbles? Hey, okay, I'm fourth all time in forced fumbles, tied with Hall of Famer to be Lance Briggs. All right, um, pass the. Oh, we're talking about a defensive lineman and pass deflections being top ten, having more pass deflections than R.W. McQuarters, than Daniel Manning, than Mike Green, like Chris Harris, like these guys. Like, really, a defensive lineman and being the top defensive lineman in pass deflections, in Bears history. Quarterback hits, not sacks, quarterback hits. Number one. I didn't know that you were number one. 59. Agunlier is second, 57. Neither one of us made it. No, we, we didn't make it. it. We weren't, I guess we, we made somebody mad. Total tackles, I am 17th. Total tackles, I'm 17th. And I'm fourth, I think, in fourth in D-line. Like, come, tackles for loss. Okay, not sacks. Right? Not sacks. Not sacks. Sacks aren't, aren't counted in this. It's just tackles for loss that aren't a sack. I am third. Really? And I missed the 100? So there's 100 people better? If I just told you those stats without a name, that person has to be in the 100. It, it it really blew my mind, and then I started to think about who actually did it. Uh, if the if the Bears that did it, yeah, I'm 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 going to Hallis. I need to talk to somebody. Like, hey, just figure out what happened. Yeah, just trying to tell me what I did. Do I need to apologize to somebody? What I need to do? But because it was the guys that it was, now <laughs> Dan, now, now wait a minute now because yeah, go ahead. Dan Pompey is in the Hall of Fame. Great. I'm just saying that. Great. He and Don Pearson. From from what I do, those two guys are real well dudes. Respect, re, well respect. They're I've real done, dudes. I've done shows with Dan Pompey. 
I've, I've actually Did you done, make him mad, A.B.? I must have. I had to do something. <laughs> because there is no way you leave that guy. And, and this is, and, and so this right here is not just about me. I'm looking at why Erlacher is where he is. I think Erlacher is the best linebacker to ever play here. Peanut being the best corner to ever play in a Chicago Bear uniform shouldn't be 31. Lance Briggs is not that far behind the greatest linebackers. He should be moved up. Um, you look, you and you're fighting for Wale too. Oh, heck yeah, I'm fighting for Wale because he's tied with Trace Armstrong, and Trace made it. Trace is a Gator now. Hey, hey, he's my, hey, I'm good. But if hey, Apples, Apples, man, hey, Wale need to be up there. That's I, Wale needs to be up there. Now we're we got one year guy. Khalil Mack is a special player. Different dude, as you say. The different dude. He he shouldn't be on the list. Because he hasn't played. Yeah, he ain't, he ain't Obviously, played he's a Hall of Fame player. Yeah, he ain't played enough. But we he got, hasn't played enough for the Bears. For the Bears, right. Because if we look, if we don't, if we put him up there, then the criteria says that, well, where the hell is Orlando Pace? He's a Hall of Famer. So where is he? Where's Ruben Brown? So like I'm okay. Well, where where are these guys at? So if, if we're gonna put one year guys up there or two year guys, which I am making no, I am making no argument that they that they're not super talented players. Eddie Jackson's a heck of a player. Everybody knows I love Eddie J. Everybody, I loved Eddie J. Before everybody thought Eddie J. was gonna be Eddie J. They would still call him Eddie Jackson. Now everybody want to call him Eddie J. <laughs> hey, I love Eddie J. Man, I love him, but. Two years? Hmm. All right. All right. Um, Hicks. Hicks um, Hicks has done a lot. But just tell me what the criteria is. Hicks is a really – Hicks, Hicks is a special player. I, I think he's grown into a special player. I think he is really good. I think he's a perennial Pro Bowl. I think he'll make the Pro Bowl for the next three or four years, barring any injury. Um, I think he will. He's that good. Uh, anywhere's 96. So, uh-huh. Makes him uh, better. Yes, speed maybe, limit. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> the speed limit, right. So it, it's just a lot of different things about that list that makes me mad. The number one thing is how the Bears pushed it, which now I have to answer questions <laughs> on, on why. Hey, man, the Bears think they didn't put you on the list. Well, y'all stop pushing it like it's crazy. Like y'all, They're pushing it like they put it out. They're every every time they came out, one oh they put it on social media, putting it on this, putting it on that. Stop doing it. Are you giving these guys like this whole thing? Like I tell you what, I tell, I, and and it wasn't gonna happen. But what if Peyton wouldn't have been first? Would they have put that? Yes, they I think so. And and they would have specified that this wasn't them. They were said, no, we we didn't do yeah, this. They, they would have put that right after. The demarcation line. Yes. We the, the Chicago Bears did not with this. Yes. This is all on Dan Pompey and Don Pearson. I'm telling you, like it's nah. Now you were talking about, but you were talking about um uh a couple Dan other Hampton. guys. Dan Hampton being one. I um, I didn't like that Dan Hampton was out outside of the top ten. Outside of the top ten. I really didn't I didn't like that at all. Not being outside, outside, being outside of the top ten bothers me. I think it should bother you. Gosh, like he, he wasn't just good. He was otherworldly. Yeah, that's he's in the Hall of Fame, first ballot Hall of Famer with Ray Lewis. Just good, like yes. in, in in a year where people are like, well, maybe they're not going to take him on this first mm-hmm. ballot because yep. he's in. And no, people are like, no, he's that's right. I, I actually, revolutionized listen, the game, in I my opinion. One of those guys. 
I was one of those guys, and I have I have any problem. I told Erlacher this, everything. I was one of those guys that thought that, that I don't know, bro. I don't know if you're going to get up there because Ray is in it, and when you look at both of them, I don't know. But he did. He did, and he's a first battle Hall of Famer forever. So those guys aren't good. No, they're special and beyond that. That's what they are. And you're not – there aren't – the Bears have not had – what was there, like a 14? 14, I, I want to say. I want to say 14, and then uh, Singletary was 15, I think. The, and I think he's way better than Singletary. but Way that's just, better. Way, way like, better. Like m- light years. There, yes, there's not 13. The Bears have not had 13 special guys. Not 13. Not No, 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 no. Special? Mm, no. No, I don't, I don't buy that. Just because you retire your jersey, that don't mean you're a special player. No, not special. Like, that's you, – you transcend – you change the game. Erlacher was the perfect linebacker for the cover two. The per- you, you can't make him any better on a computer. You can't make him if any you, better. If you try. If you try. The computer would tell you, no, you can't do that. <laughs> no. You can't make a guy who's 6'4", 260, runs a four or five, yep. has great instinct. Like you couldn't, you can't do it. You couldn't make him as a player. Mm-hmm. It would go, no, that's yes. not, no, yes. that's not a thing. And that guy plays defensive end. Yes. And the wheel, like he's inside of him, like the wheel and the want to. He wanted to win. He wanted to win and he was going to hold everybody else accountable. Erlacher stepped on so many toes. I pro- I'm telling you, he stepped on so many, but it didn't matter. Because you want to win. If you don't want to win, get get out of here. Get out of here. You you can't help us. If you can't help us, you need to be on the sideline and then out the door. That's it. If you ain't doing your job, he has no problem with telling you that in front of everybody. Ain't no pulling you to the side to talk to you later. Get out of here. No, I'm telling you right now because it happened right now. Because you're embarrassing all of us. That's why we were good. And 54 led that charge. 54... There, there are few, there are very few players in NFL history, and I want to say there's only two in Chicago where you say their number and people know exactly who you're talking about. Like, there's no if, ands, or but. Like, they know exactly who you're talking about. When you say 89, I know it's Mike Dicka, but does everybody? Everybody knows 54. And everybody knows 34. 50? Come on, man. Stop. <laughs> I know it, but come on. Like, I don't know. And then they, they took the 99 and the 50, and then they mm-hmm. they put it. <laughs> A.B., yes. I was working with, with Hamp at the time. Oh. Mm. He was so mad. He's like, wait a minute. You gave my number to who? Mm-hmm. You you gave my number to Shea McClellan? <laughs> and then they were like, all right, we're going to take him out of 99. He's a linebacker now. Give him 50. Wait, what? <laughs> yes. <laughs> what? Yes, yes. What are you doing? Yes. All right, all right. You, again, you've been super generous. I want to ask you one more thing. Uh-huh. What's this like for you now with your son? And seeing this whole thing athletically like play out again 
But now you're the you're the parent mm-hmm. in this. While Tony's one of the more sought after baseball players mm-hmm. in the country, what's yeah. this like? It's crazy, crazy um, because I can't find another word for it. Um, I'm very proud in the sense of because I've seen him work. I've seen him work, and I've seen him um, some of the things he has to go through that I didn't have to go through. Um, people thinking that it's just, well, you're good because your dad or you're super, you're talented because of your dad, because your dad played in the NFL and everything is your dad. And um, he's had to overcome that. And I feel very proud of him for that. And he works his butt off regardless of how talented he is. If he had no talent, he'd work his butt off and he would just continue to be that kid and he he grinds hard and I give him something to do and he grinds to get it and then he pushes himself and it took me longer to do that than it's taken him to do it and um, I'm very proud of him for that. Uh, I think that people need to pay attention because they're going to miss out on a really special kid, a really special player um, in Antonio Brown because um, he's going to the show. He's gonna go. He, he is. He is that. He's that determined. I'm gonna say he's that determined because in baseball you don't have to be big. You can be any size and play this game. And I think he's determined enough to make it. And he's always wanted it. He's always felt like he had the the grit and the talent to do it and the opportunity to do it. So uh, my wife and I we we put him in a situation where he can be successful and. Um, for that, I thank the Bears. I thank everybody um, around me to help me get to this point for giving my kids a chance to do that. So good luck, son. Get it done, man. What would it mean to you if if he if, – if your faith in his ability mm-hmm. and all this hard work that he's put in, mm-hmm. if you got to see him play professional baseball? Um, it, when he makes that – when he makes his um, – debut in in MLB, it'll be probably be the first time uh, you see me cry. It'll probably be, well, not the first time, probably because I, I I definitely cried after a couple losses. But to cry from joy, joy, right? So I would be overwhelmed with joy, not for me or for, it'll be all for him. Um, I called my dad, I, I talked to my dad about it, and I said, if you had half as much enjoyment out of watching me go through this process as I'm having, oh, you had a blast. Because I I have an abs- I can't wait. Everything, I everything's on lockdown. Like don't Thursday to Sunday, I'm watching I'm I'm baseball all from June, June and July. Every Thursday to Sunday, he's playing and I can't wait. I cannot wait. I'm I'm I am a dad. Like, I, I've always wanted to be just the dad that sits in the stands just watch and just watch him play. And I'm not that I'm, – I'm, I'm the dad, but I'm not the guy that sits in the stands. I don't I – can't, I can't sit down. I'm always, like, moving and hoping I can help him in some way. But I'm really going to try this year to just allow him to blossom into the player he can be. And I'm telling you, Lawrence, he is going to – he's going to blow up in the next two months. Watch. Watch what happens. This kid has gone from running a six nine one in the sixty to running six five in the sixty. Oh my God! Listen, 
He is super fast. He's squatting. Like, his legs are so much stronger. We're going in and working out. And I was I can't. I know a lot of people listening to me. <laughs> but sometimes I can't beat him. <laughs> oh, it's gotten to that Listen, point, has it? Like, sometimes I have to... I have to like slowly tap. I like tell him, I, I gotta go to the bathroom. All right. <laughs> hey, you go ahead. You go ahead with this set right here. I'll be, I'll be back. <laughs> and I'm not even, I'm not even kidding. Like I am dead serious. Like he is really, really strong. And Tony's biggest issue was gonna be him getting out of his own way. Just you can't believe on Monday, and then something happened on Tuesday. Now you don't believe on Wednesday. No, no, no. I think he's crossed that hurdle, and now, well, this is him. Now, whether I, I have success at the plate or not, what I'm doing is the right thing and just staying the course. And that's in baseball. I think you have to be extremely patient because you're going to go through those games where you're 0 for 3, 0 for 4, and you got to believe in what you're doing. I think he does. Now, he still has to go show it because I can't do that. He has to go show it. I think he's ready to do that. Um, he's, he goes to Vernon Hills High School, and I told him he looked up the other day. He sent me a text. He, um, I think the the stolen base record in Illinois is 78, I want to say it is. 78, 79. Like, well, let's, if you get that, they'll come. Like, I'm, I'm not even worried about it. You get you them first 10 games of the season, you sitting at 38 stolen bases. Oh, you trust me. You're going to see some people start showing up you ain't never seen before because they want to know how you're doing this because you can't teach speed. You can't teach it. You either, you either got that, 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 um, that it factor. So I don't know what I see in the picture, but I see something, and I know when he's going to pitch, and I'm just going to go. And if he catches me, he's going to have to make two perfect throws to get me out. When you're running 6'5", you should not be worried about any catcher in high school. If you are, he better be a first-round pick, <laughs> you know? Like, he better be dang good because you can absolutely fly. Like, he can go. He's the fastest middle infielder in Illinois. Like, he can absolutely go. And his hands are really good. And when we were talking to, talking to A-Rod, it wasn't, you know, you know, he didn't, he spent about 25 minutes with us talking baseball. Two minutes on hitting. Everything else was fielding. Like, what's going to get you to the show is going to be defense. It's going to be fielding the ball. If you can save runs, that's what's going to get you. They can teach you how to hit. They'll teach you how to be successful hitting. But for middle infielder, to get you there, your hands. You got to be really, really good on defense. And same day, I come home, this boy throwing a ball off the, off the garage, fielding it. Throwing a ball off the garage, fielding it. Just like just a constant just um, focus on his game. And I didn't have that until I was, gosh, a junior maybe? Hmm. A, junior in, a junior in college. Uh, but he has to grow up quicker if you want to be – when they come to you and they, they're looking – he wants to be the first kid drafted out of Vernon Hills. When they come to see you play, they're not trying to draft a kid. They want to draft somebody that they can put with grown-ups, 21, 22, 23, 
he not get swamped that he can hold his own and he understands. So you got to grow up a little faster than I did mentally. So you have to be able to do it. There's, we train kids up in Gurney um, at our uh, sports facility. And those kids don't, they think I'm hard there. Try living with me. I've been hard on Tony <laughs> since he was born. No question, since he was born. Because if I'm the hardest thing, the hardest coach you ever have, you're good. Because that's all you've ever known. So your, your expectation or your the way you're going to look at it is this coach that doesn't come in like I am, you're going you're gonna to push and say, well, coach, hey, give me a little bit more. I can, I can handle this. I can take it. Yeah, I can give me a little bit more. You know, you're going to be looking for more. And the coach that is like crazy hard on you, you can't, you can't believe they're treating you like this. Well, I've heard this right here since I was four years old. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm never, ever satisfied. And my dad was the same way. My dad, and we we can um I, I know I know we're gonna um close it up, but uh, my best game ever. Take your time, man. My best game ever was against University of Tennessee. Um, I had five sacks, interception, about twelve tackles, and it was against the reigning national champs. They were ranked number one. Um, Florida had never or hadn't lost a game at home in thirty games, and they were coming in. They were gonna beat us, and. I get on the phone with my dad after that game, after National Player of the Week, SEC Player of the Week, everything. Yeah, player defense for that week, I was Player of the Week, whatever, whatever it was, whatever award it was. I had so many awards in my locker, it was crazy. Um, my dad calls me, um, and you know you missed two, right? I'm gonna say it bothered me but it's not like I expected anything different because I know he's going to, he'll let everybody else tell me how great I am. He's going to let me know that, well, you should have had seven. I know you had five and that's, but seven's better. You know, seven is better because he wants you, he wanted me to make every play, every play that I had an opportunity to make, not miss one, but that drive to make my dad happy, I think helped. And my journey to the NFL and through the NFL because it put a different chip on my shoulder that it was never good enough. It was never good enough. No matter what, it was never good enough. It was always push, always push because we we live 80 years. Let's say we live 80 years. You have a very, very small window to play this game, whatever game it is. And when it's over, it's over. So don't ever look back and say, I wish I would have because that ain't worth two cents. So you work your butt off. You don't look up. You just keep grinding, keep grinding, keep grinding. Whatever you gave them last year, make sure that when you come back this year, you've added. Be able to look in the mirror and say, and see what's there, not what you hope is there. See what's there. I know that I have a problem with Brian McKinney when he grabs me, so I need to be stronger. I know that I I got tired against Orlando Pace and Against Orlando Pace in 60 plays, he's going to get tired two plays, and those are going to be your two plays that you can make an impact on this game so you can't get tired. So I got to work harder to not get tired. I got to be in better shape. So be able to really critique yourself 
in a way that your coaches aren't going to or they don't see it because you can do something and make it look like you're doing it and you know if you're doing it. So, and that was me. I could do that. And I, I think seeing, seeing uh, every year that a defensive end got drafted when I came here, um, it didn't bother me. I mean, it was just like, okay, I mean, you, we're going to waste another draft pick. That's kind of how I looked at it. It was, I'm going to just beat him out and I'm going to beat this next guy out, and I'm going to beat this next guy. And then when you give my job away, when I get it back, I ain't going to give it up again. Like, it's just like, just keep grinding and keep until it's over. Because when it, Lawrence, I do not regret or I don't look back at any situation and say, I wish I would have. I think we played, we didn't play our best game in that Super Bowl. Mm, okay, so I'm lying. Maybe, maybe that. I, I wish we would have won that. I wish we would have won. Um, I think we I think we had a better team. Um, we just didn't play well that day. Um, defensively, I know a lot of people talk about the offense and about what Rex did. Um, but we gave up 200 yards rushing. When you give up 200 yards rushing against a Peyton Manning-led football team, you're, you're going to lose because they're known for passing. You're going to give them running. You're going to just allow them to run for 200 yards. Then they're going to throw the ball because he's Peyton Manning. That's what they do. You're going to lose. The fact that we were in that game within one possession with um, three minutes to go in the game, it's, I think it's a testament to how good of a team we were. To be able to give up all that and the turnovers and like all the bad things that happened, we have a blown coverage in on defense and leave a guy wide open. With all that being said, we still got the ball with three minutes to go and we could win the game and be world champs. So I think that's a testament to how good our football team was, but you got to tip your hat to, um, to in, to Indianapolis because they were able to close the deal when they needed a play, they made a play. So if there's one thing, I guess, um, uh, that I, I would say, um, that maybe I regret or as close to regret would be not giving the city of Chicago that championship when we, we had the team to do it. Thomas Jones says the same thing. Yep. He says it's hard for him. He don't he doesn't watch Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. He can't. Yep. Says he always figures out something else to do on Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah. Doesn't want any part of it because of how bad it hurt. It hurt, man. It hurt. When you work, when you work, when you work hard for something and it doesn't happen, it hurts. It hurts. I, I mentioned earlier, like about the first time seeing me cry. No, 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 no. That 05 when we lost to Carolina. I cried, I cried my eyes out of my locker. I was hurt. I was so – we beat the dog out of them in the regular season, and we come up and we give up. I know that was our window. So looking back, our window was 05-06. We got it. We, we could have won both of them because all those teams, we could have beat all those teams. I would have loved to play Pittsburgh again. I would have loved it because they beat us up in a snowy game at home at their place. I would have loved to play them again, um, but we were good because we were arrogant, I think, because we were – we ain't changing for Steve Smith. We're in actuality. We probably should have changed just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> just a little bit because he was, he was that dude. Now, he was that dude back then. He was that guy. So if we had changed that game and then went back, okay. But um, it didn't happen. And then we get to the 06 season, and we knew we were good. It was just me – if we won that first game, because the last year or in 05, same scenario, 
we beat the dog out of Carolina. We lose in the first round or the first game that we played in the playoffs. We beat the dog out of Seattle, and then we come down in the playoffs, and they're our first game we play, and we had to kick a field goal to win it. And once we got over that hurt, we were not worried about New Orleans. Nah, we were. They they saw. We it, our perception of not that they were, but our perception was they're soft. Punch them in the face, they'll quit. I don't know if I've ever told you this story. So once we got to NFC Championship time, mm-hmm. our job at the score, the, the way that the, our program director set it up is, he said, "Okay, Lawrence, go cover the Saints." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "What do you mean? Like go to New Orleans for the week and cover the Saints?" So I get down there because so, Zach was on the sidelines with you guys. Yep. So he stayed with you. And this was the same thing at the Super Bowl. I went to Fort Lauderdale, covered the Colts. He stayed with you guys and covered you. And I knew that you guys were going to kill them after two days of the practices down there. It's 45 degrees in New Orleans. It's a little wet. Mm-hmm. And I asked Sean Payton, why are you practicing inside? And the whole like media core in New Orleans was like, <gasps> like why? Why would you ask him that? Because they wanted to. They wanted to ask that. And, and 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 I I was like, well, the weather forecast in Chicago is, I mean, it's a little gonna be a little colder, but this is about right. Mm-hmm. Forty five and rainy. It's about right. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, well, we want to make sure that we have clean practices. Like the most important thing to us is that we have a clean practice. And I was like. That's all well and good for mm-hmm. week eight. Yeah. But this is the NFC title game, and you're playing the game in Chicago. Yes. In January. Yes. In late January. <laughs> and I was just, I was like, they're dead. I'm like, yeah. they, these guys have no idea no. what's getting ready to happen to them. And when they get to Soldier Field, it's a wrap for them. Yeah. I, I couldn't, A.B., I couldn't believe it. And I was looking around like, Y'all see, like, for real? Like, y'all not going to even follow up? You're not going to even ask (laughs) the question? (laughs) I knew that they were dead meat as soon as he told me we wanted to have a clean practice. Did they play uh, the Eagles at Philly or at home? I think they played that game at home. Okay. Because they're, they're, when I went down there, they're real. If it worked, we're going to stick with it. So... Depending, I mean, how what they were doing, if if Sean Payton, if he feel like if they have a clean practice, then doesn't matter what the what the surface is, we're gonna be good. And Sean's an offensive guy now. He's an offensive mind. All he wants is he wanna see that ball thrown around and caught and guys running wide open. Well, you weren't not only are you gonna have to fight Soldier Field, you got a defense out there that's biting and we were we were not playing around, and then we had to go to another level when Erlacher got mad. So <laughs> was Erlacher, this before or after the Reggie Bush touchdown? It was right after. Yeah, right after. Like we were we were going kind of going along, and we thought, okay, we I mean we got them. I mean we got this team, and then they so they started to come back. And I mean this is a, I mean they're in the NFC Championship. They're a good team. Man, they started to come back. It's like. What, what are we doing? Reggie Bush makes eight people miss. Then he runs out, runs away from uh, Erlacher and flips in the end zone. Wait, like, wait a minute. Hold on. So, Lack wasn't very nice to us. I'll say that. 
<laughs> when he came down the sideline talking about how they better not gain another yard. A lot of ex- explicit words in there. But, yeah, he, they better not gain another yard. And, actually, I think they that next drive, they actually drove down and missed the field goal. After that missed field goal, it changed everything. They We just – it was over. Um, Wale made made a couple great plays. Um, the offense made some great plays. Um, started scoring points, and then we started to put them in a position where they had to throw it. It's over. Like you, because our defense, our defensive line, we're coming, man. And then our guys, our back seven, you can't make a mistake. You make any mistake, we're gonna get the ball. So our whole mentality was, you can have that underneath crap, and if you do it too much, Nate Vaz gonna go get one. But you ain't going to do 13 plays down the field and not make a mistake. Now, it's not, it don't always have to be a mistake that you make. We can get a sack. Now, instead of second and seven or second and six, which you was hoping, now it's second and 14. Now, we know you got to throw it. That's a mistake for you because now you got these four animals up front and we coming. And these guys in the back, they picking up everything in sight. So it was it, it worked perfect. We just I, I'm I'm telling we we didn't that game we were gonna win that game and we were from Erlacher saying it to when Ian Scott told me he I'm sitting down watching the offense go I'm like come on baby we gotta score come on let's score let's score it can't be five minutes to go in the game Thomas Jones runs right he cuts back left. Um, Desmond Clark gets a block. He's in the end zone for a touchdown. Ian turns around. He's like, hey, we're going to the Super Bowl. My whole body, like, got a crazy chill because at that point, from when I was four, five, six years old, that's going to happen. I'm Like, outside of your kids being born and being married, there's nothing like that feeling for me because I've always wanted that. Agulia, I, I knew he wanted it. Agulia didn't start playing football until later in. Hell, I had played 10 years of football before he had started. So, like, I always, like, it was like, I, that's exactly what I wanted. And to hear him say it and to know it was a reality now, it's like, Oh man, like you just start shaking your hands because you just you feel that chill going through your fingers. Like, like I can't believe it. I can't believe it. I got oh, I gotta get my son. Oh, I remember like everybody used to carry their son. Like when they win a championship, they carry their son. And I go and I try to get my son after the game. I get my son, I do get him, put him on my shoulders. We got this picture of that. Like, and it's an amazing to me, still now, as I look at that picture, I think about that picture and it, it was the moment, like for me, the highest moment for me. And then the Super Bowl, had we won it, would have been the next, would have like trumped Eclipsed that. it, yeah. Yeah, it would have. It but we didn't win it. So the light bulbs going off and Hester running it back was wow. But we lost. So it kind of brings it down a little bit. But winning and having, being able to bring my son out and just uh, my wife coming out, like it's I mean, it doesn't get better than that, man. It really doesn't. Um, I really hope that this is a special year. And Khalil and 
Eddie J and um, Trubisky and uh, Tariq and uh, all these guys, like they all get a chance to feel that feeling of holding up the Hallis Trophy. Like, and, and, and it's the Hallis Trophy. Like it was crazy. It, As the it, snow starts falling. Yes, it was nuts, man. It was, it was like, gosh, like now you're a part of history forever. They can't take that away. I don't care what they do. It can't take that away. Now, had we won the Super Bowl, we'd have said the same thing. We didn't, but we did win the NFC Championship, and that will never go anywhere. Is it painful? Yes, because – and we go back to what Thomas says. The reason it's so pain, if, if if this was the San Francisco 49ers beating up on the Denver – was it Denver today? Or was it Denver beating up on um, Atlanta, was it? I think Denver beat Atlanta in 98, I want to say it was. That game wasn't even close. Like, it wasn't even close. I think I think that's what it was. I'm sure you guys will correct me if I'm wrong here. But, um, like, if it was a game that wasn't close, like a blowout, okay. Seattle, okay. Seattle against, um, was it Indy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they beat the brakes off it. Like, that game's not close. You, okay. You, and it was over you, in five minutes. Do you really minutes. feel bad about Like, you got the break. You know you weren't the better team. The reason it hurts so bad is because we truly feel like we were the better team. We just didn't win that day. That particular day. If Peyton Manning comes out and he has a stomach flu, don't nobody Chicago kill, man. We don't kill. We win the Super Bowl, you know? Because our defense didn't have a great day or had a bad day, actually, we lost. And everybody in Indy will, will remember that as they, they won the Super Bowl. So, yeah. A.B., I appreciate your time, man. Yeah, man. This I was fun. It. it was a lot of fun. Chatting with my man. I'm glad I gave you the, the platform. Thank you. You needed to get some stuff off I your did, chest. I did, and I did. I really appreciate that. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I, I, I loved doing the show with you guys, man. It's so much fun, and we, we I think we do a good product. Yes. I'm, I'm trying to get us all an Emmy. We we need to get that Emmy. We we put out Emmy-type production now. We We need that Emmy, and we need to get to London. Oh, so you're okay. We need to get to London, man. We really need to get I I think we need to get out there. I've talked to Anthony Adams who has his uh baking show out there. That's and true. Yeah, oh yeah. He's told me that there's a huge huge following. And if we do go, he has the perfect place for us to go because it is a Bears bar. Really? Yes. He has the perfect place. We just got to go. We just got to get there. Yeah, because they screwed our trips to New Orleans yeah. and Los Angeles. Yeah, and- man. We- <laughs> <laughs> and to, and yes. to the Super Bowl, Cody Parkey. <laughs> yes, Cody. But now we got a real kicker. Oh, yeah. From Florida. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Oh, yeah. Let's- oh, Eddie. Let's see if he survives. What? What do you mean survive? They traded a draft pick. Where they go survive? <laughs> we don't have a draft pick. We don't have it to trade. He is going to be here, and he will be market. He will be our kicker this year. He will win some games for us. He will. He's good, man. He is good. Can I tell you something real quick? I know we're, like, way over. <laughs> I, I did this this weekend. Mm-hmm. This might bother you. Uh-oh. I'm just letting you know this right now. All right. So I was doing all this stuff, like, trying to get better. I'm watching film. I'm reading this book. And I started watching film on Dick LeBeau's Zone Blitz, Mm -hmm. him explaining all the things that he wants to accomplish. That led me down like a rabbit hole. You know how sometimes you be on YouTube Mm -hmm. and you just – 
it led yeah. me down a rabbit hole where I found this video of Doug Peterson talking about his offense and talking about RPOs in particular. So he did this day one install where he's explaining, this is what we do the first day that guys come in. We explain the box count and what we want our quarterback to do when he sees certain situations. It's 10 minutes. It's phenomenal, for especially for me. For you, it's rudimentary. Then I saw something. I was like, oh, conceptually, that looks like the play that beat the Bears. Let me go look at that play. Mm-hmm. Let me look at Golden Tate on the goal line with that quick out that he ran. Mm-hmm. Come to find out, McManus is on him, right? He didn't know to flare out on that play until the middle of the play. He got the play. He thought it was a run. He said, and he's mic'd up, because everyone, he came back to the sidelines, and everyone's like, man, that was an incredible route. And he's like, I didn't realize I was supposed to run the route until I saw, I caught Foles running. And, and him rolling right. I didn't know that I was supposed to run until I caught him out the corner of my eye. And that's when he adjusted and made the play. Mm-hmm. And I was just sitting there going, how? Like, how quick does all of that decision-making have to happen where it's on a one-yard line, so it's not yeah. like it's an extended right. play. Mm-hmm. The ball snap, you think you're getting ready to run up the field and block Sherrick McManus, and then you peak Foles rolling, and you're like, oh, yeah, let me run this route. Boom, touchdown. Mm-hmm. That's... Yeah, I had the exact same. I was like, no, really? To Oh, man. I just hope we have that. Um, we have that that kind of ad lib to be able to uh, I'm gonna say think outside the box or perform um, when you don't know like exactly what you're supposed to be doing to be able to ad lib a little bit and if it's not a run you can see that it's not a run if nobody's firing off the ball and you've ran that play so many times that you start to feel the people getting close. Okay, well, then I should be doing something. And what I thought it was is not correct. If McManus was playing inside of him, which I think he was, that's how he was able to get out, then it run to the open spot. Run I find myself not spot. being mad at McManus at all. I felt like he played it about as well as he could, mm-hmm. especially since you, the receiver didn't know where he was going. Yeah, you know what true, I'm like, true. like. He didn't know, and then it's just like boom, boom, and like you it have Leonard's outstretched hand that's this close mm-hmm. to making a play. Like yes. everything that had to happen for that play to work. Yes, and it breaks down with a receiver that wasn't quite sure what he was supposed to be doing on the play. Yeah. Let's go go back to this now. You have McManus on him. McManus is actually covering him. And Leonard Floyd almost has a sack, right? Go back to the 06 Super Bowl when we got Reggie Wayne running scot-free down the middle of the field and Tank Johnson is hanging on Peyton Manning. If he was covered, Peyton Manning's sack. He's not going to throw it because he didn't get anything on that ball anyway. And Reggie had to come back. He had to wait catch it, and he walked in the end zone because nobody was there. If he 
if there was somebody there, it's a sack, period, because he's not going to throw it. Or it's an interception if he throws it because somebody's there waiting on that duck that he threw up there. Mm-hmm. So he threw I'm a looking at that, that game, play. By oh, the yeah. Way. oh, yeah. I'm looking at it. I'm looking at that play like, this, and this is a guy that's running wide open, and we got a defensive lineman hanging on the quarterback. That's how quickly Tank got to him, but it still was a touchdown. It's like, you've got to be kidding me. But in those games, in those playoff games, Super Bowl games, you're playing against, well, uh, with the Eagles, you're playing against the defending champion. They know how to win. They're good. They are good. And any mistake you make or any almost play that you make well you didn't make it so what happened well they made a play because that's what happens with good teams when you don't make the play they make you pay for them for not making that play and that's it you got to get there faster so so me if i'm leonard floyd i'm looking at that play because the next time i'm gonna get there i'm gonna get there so I need to work harder. I need to get stronger. I need to be quicker so I can get to that play. I need to beat my tackle quicker so I can get to that play because that play could be the season. And it was. Like, that's how you think about it. Like that. Not, I ain't worried about nothing. I worry about getting better. So when I show up at spring ball, not training camp, when I show up at spring ball, they're going to see a difference in me. And then I'm going to gradually get better from there. Now, when I leave, and I think this is just, I don't know many people that did it. After spring, I was done for a month. I ain't do nothing. It, that first day <laughs> training camp almost killed me every year. <laughs> oh, because I hadn't done anything for like three, four weeks. Nothing at all. No running, no lifting, nothing. Because I want to rest. Because for the next, hopefully, eight months, I am grinding, grinding, trying to win, help win football games, hitting people every week, getting in the cold tub, ice and, and hot tub. Like I, for the next eight months, hopefully I'm grinding it out. But I took a break. But then I, I, it's time to go. So I, that's, that's how I hope Leonard thinks about it. And he comes back and share it too. Um, if, he, if he does the same, next time I got to make that play. I got to make that play because the team needs me to make that play. If not, it could be season over like it was last year. All right, we're done. Yeah, we're We're done. Thank you, sir. (laughs) For sure. This was one of the longer episodes in House of L history, and I think it was well worth it. I mean, you can hear how much passion that Alex has for the game. You can hear how much he cares about being good at broadcasting and wanting to be honest with the audience and share with the audience the stuff that he knows. I, I'm I'm so happy that he's on the show. He makes things he makes my life a lot easier. Um, we didn't even get into the idea of him being like the the Lance Whisperer, being able to to bring the best out of Lance and how they just dog each other during games. It's so fun to like sit there and watch the games with him. I know it's a humble brag on my part. But it's really a lot of fun to watch those guys interact. And it's dope, man. We're going to have a big show this year. If you haven't jumped onto the bandwagon of the football after show at NBC Sports Chicago, you got to because we are doing major league things. No mail this week because, honestly, 
I suspect you weren't expecting there was going to be an episode because I told you it'd be another two weeks. But you can always email the podcast at houseofelpodcast at gmail.com. Big thanks to Alex Brown for being generous with his time. I'll be back next week with another great guest. Thanks for your support of House of L. Please, if you haven't given us a, a rating, give us five stars. It helps. It helps more people find it. It becomes more popular, the algorithms and stuff. So subscribe, unsubscribe, subscribe, unsubscribe, and give us a high rating every time, okay? Thanks for listening. I appreciate it. See you next week. Peace.